Hello everyone, I'm Prisha. Welcome to another episode of the Focal Point podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by the ultimate serial entrepreneur and LSE alumni, Jay Bregman. Jay is the co-founder and CEO of Thimble, an on-demand insurance partner for small businesses and independent workers. Moreover, he previously founded a London-based ride-sharing company. Earlier, he founded eCourier, a technology-enabled services company, which he sold to Royal Mail. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jay. It's great to be here. Thank you very much for having me. So to get started off, for those who aren't aware, could you tell us a little bit about Thimble as well as your role in the company? Sure, yeah. So I'm the CEO and co-founder. Thimble's mission is to make insurance simple, to help businesses succeed on their own terms. So we bring what we like to call the sort of Netflix experience to insurance. Three questions to get started. Coverage can be scaled, uh, paused or canceled indefinitely uh, and instantly and policies can be purchased via a rolling month-to-month subscription down to as little as an hour or anything in, in between. So it's sort of the way that insurance should be for the modern business. Wow, that's like innovation at its finest. Being an accomplished entrepreneur who has founded three companies in three different sectors, uh, what were your motivations behind each of your business ideas? Yeah, like I think it was always about the customer and technology. Uh, so. You know, eCourier, which actually still exists in London, uh, it's part of the Royal Mail now. We were the first to build a system so that the couriers had handheld computers with GPSs way before the iPhone. Um, And we built a dispatch algorithm to automatically schedule out the work to them that we called Larry. And we were the first ones to think about bringing together this kind of orchestration of the couriers via mobile technology. And so, and to allow the customers to be able to see where their courier was at any time um, and to make the the transit as efficient as possible. So it was about making a better courier, same day courier experience for customers. Um, And Halo came out of some lessons that we learned at uh, eCourier. You know, taxis are sort of the grown up big brother to the same day courier industry. They're a larger market consumer market regulated, but they have a lot of the same problems. You know, taxi drivers spend up to 50% of their time idling looking for passengers. So as the iPhone was coming out, we thought, well, we can build this infrastructure-less network where the cabbies on their own smartphones are running an app and the customers are running an app and we're matching the two together uh, behind the scenes. Little did we know that that would become one of the hottest areas uh, in technology and the business would grow phenomenally fast. Wow, that's really great. Uh, So what was the process like of actually building your product and launching it onto the market? And how did this compare to the other two previous businesses as well? Well, look, so I think insurance is a much more highly regulated uh, business and market um, than than taxis or couriers, which are not really that regulated at all. Uh, And so, you know, in the U.S., each state, it has the ability to um, regulate insurance within its own borders. And so if you want to create a new type of insurance, it's not like you just come up with some new contract and start selling it. You actually, in many states, you have most states, you have to go to the state and file the, the new insurance policy with them and answer their questions and go through an extreme regulatory process, which can take for the whole country up to a year and even several million dollars. So you have to be right about the filing, more right, uh, in that situation than you do with ride hailing where 
you can create an app and then in two hours you can have another app, different app and new features. So there, there really is a, a, just a, a difference to it based on the, the regulatory constraints. But the good news is making a great product and insurance is just extremely challenging. So challenging that once you do it, it's very hard for people to catch up because they've got to go through that same regulatory process. Uh, what challenges do insurers actually face when trying to offer flexible policies? Yeah, so it, it, a lot of people don't know this, but again, the, the uh, insurance companies really don't innovate very much at all on their policies. They have the same, most of them have had the same types of policies for businesses and consumers and whatever, auto, the same ones you, they've used for many, many years, even decades in many cases, and they don't like to change them. Um, and to change them for them means risk. And it also means that they have to go through this big regulatory process. They have to worry about competition with their existing filing. And no one really wants to go through the trouble because a lot of these insurance companies are very profitable and it seems to be working. So why rock the boat? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So could you give us a brief overview of how the InsurTech landscape is evolving right now? Yeah, so I think in the first phase of InsurTech, you saw companies that were uh, just distribution companies. They just took the insurance product of another company, an existing company, uh, and they built a website around it. And basically it was the same 25 questions that you had to answer, but you could do it on, on a website. So it's sort of pure distribution companies. I companies like CoverWallet, which was recently acquired by Aon, I think kind of are, are in that space. I think the next generation, and this is, would include uh, companies like Thimble, are actually not only making their own insurance products, but now are starting to make their own insurance companies as well. So, you know, Thimble has been taking the steps to be able to build out its infrastructure, uh, to, be, uh, to allow us to be able to take risk alongside our uh, reinsurance partners. Uh, some companies like Lemonade and Hippo have actually built full stack insurance companies. Uh, so, I think really that that's the, the next stage is, is more product-driven innovation in InsurTech. Wow, that's really insightful, very interesting. Uh, so many of the useful policies that Thimble offers, such as what you mentioned, uh, providing pauses and monthly plans, are the first of its kind. So do you believe that there is a lack of innovation in the sector, and why is this the case? Well, yeah, look, I mean, the reason why our month-to-month -month policies uh, and our pause and, and it's so attractive and, and is that, that that's what people have come to expect from their consumer services if you go to netflix and you go to hulu they don't bill you for the say oh we want you to commit to pay for the entire year uh, up front the, the first day you buy the subscription that's absolutely crazy but in the insurance industry this is how every policy for personal and business uh, you know use has worked since since basically uh, you know, uh, the past several several hundred years. Uh, so all we're doing is really bringing modern, you know, consumer experience to the insurance industry. But that's actually extremely difficult because that requires us to be able to navigate through a lot of this uh, regulation, uh, in addition to very advanced technology, to be able to deliver these kind of similar services or similar similar experiences that people are already used to and they love in things like Netflix and Hulu and many other subscription type services. So my next question to you is, uh, why did you decide to specifically offer business insurance? Has Thimble ever considered offering insurance policies for individuals, perhaps targeting proprietors of businesses? 
which may have a positive impact on the business itself, especially since they operate at a small scale? Well, so the thing is that businesses have been really ignored, small businesses in particular, have been really ignored by the insurance industry. Uh, I mean, there's over $100 billion in uh, premium, annual premium, in just in the U.S. from small businesses uh, paying their insurance. Um, and yet less than 6% of that comes from uh, one insurance provider. So the largest player only has 6% of the market. It's really, it's a fragmented mess that is up for disruption and has been ignored by the industry. But if you look at something like personal auto or home insurance, et cetera, those have established competitors that have 20, 30% market share. They're much more consolidated. So it's much, more, much harder for a startup like us to, to come in. But also we can make a bigger difference with these small businesses. Um, and then that doesn't preclude us from selling individual personal policies uh, to the owners of these businesses later on. So, you know, once we develop a relationship with a, a business owner, we absolutely have the ability in the, in the future, although we don't do this today, uh, to be able to sell them, you know, personal homeowners policies or personal auto policies or whatever other po insurance that they might need based on the relationship that we have with them through their business. So the customer base of the insurance sector has obviously been majorly affected by the pandemic. Uh, how has this impacted their actions when it comes to insurance? Well, I, look, I think the biggest um, change, you know, has been the, the, the real um, controversy over business interruption insurance, which directly affects us in that we sell to small businesses. Now, we have never sold uh, business interruption insurance um, yet, uh, but basically the idea was that many, many businesses, up to a third of, of the businesses in the U.S., were sold uh, policies that included business interruption insurance, now, they, no, nobody really is able to look at the fine print. These policies are so complicated, it's impossible for anybody to really understand them, um, even the insurance companies in some cases. And so once the pandemic hit, many of these businesses thought that they had coverage, both in the UK and in the US, for uh, business interruption. They made claims and they were denied and they were very upset about it. Uh, and they continue to be very upset about it. And there's lawsuits going on, uh, you know, in the UK. But there's a big point is, is there's a major lack of trust that has developed between many of these businesses who are now either suing their insurance company or otherwise just have been aggrieved by their insurance company. And so we see the pandemic as, as kind of a, a great reset where people want something new. They want a new type of insurance company. They don't want one that's necessarily been around for a long time. They want one that basically is, speaks to them in plain English, is simple, and, and you know, allows them to get what they need to get quickly. So how has the crisis actually enabled or changed Thimble's operations and its future prospects? Well, I think it, it's definitely streamlined us in the sense that you know, we're, we're a fully remote organization right now. We don't have any office. Uh, so we've we, uh, learned to operate more effectively remotely than we perhaps have uh, before. But also, Thimble has been a completely automated operation. So we've sold over 135,000 policies, and we've done it all with just one customer service representative. So the, the reason we're able to operate in the way that we do is because the systems that underlie the, the business, the, the true operations of the business, the sale of the policies, the modification of the policies, is all completely automated. And that's very, very unique in the insurance industry. So apart from the ongoing pandemic, we see many other risks that impact the insurance sector, such as those arising from cybercrime or climate change. 
So what would be a good strategy for insurance firms to combat these effects from the risks, um, both on their clients as well as themselves? Yeah, so, so look, cybercrime, there is a lot of coverage, a lot of different coverages out there. Um, no one is really clear on, uh, you know, what the risk is. Uh, climate, we haven't heard anything of specifically. I think it's, um, it's, it's got to be tied to some kind of a tangible loss. But, you know, look, I, I definitely think that the, this, both our generation and cohort and the next cohort of insured techs will be in a great position to, to, to provide solutions for these sort of problems specifically. There are already a couple of very big startups now that are providing cyber insurance to businesses, so. Yeah, that, that's good. So how has the profitability of the insurance sector actually been affected as a result of the ongoing low interest rates adopted in the USA? Look, it's, it's kind of sad, but you know, a lot of companies, a lot of insurance companies make most of their money based on their investments and the float on, you know, on the insurance premium rather than on the underwriting profit. We're very different. So you know, we, we come from a, a, a discipline where we want to make sure that our business is actually profitable, that when we're selling these policies, we can make an underwriting profit and make money on that rather than having to depend on, on making money on our investments. Uh, and so, and by, by the way, you can do both as, as well. So, so we think, you know, we, we don't really weep too many tears for the companies that are losing money because they're not able to, to make as much money off their investments. Uh, you know, uh, we, uh, we think that the cornerstone of this business, the insurance business, was your ability to make money off of an underwriting profit and a really, really sharp consumer experience profit, uh, et cetera. So, uh, so Moving on to partnerships. So partnerships are known to be a major asset to any insurance firm. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about Thimble's partnership strategy and its objectives when looking for partners for its company? Yeah, so I think there's two big classes of partners we have. One is insurance agents themselves. So there are probably 100,000 insurance agents in the United States. These are the people that, um, you know, if you move to a new town, uh, they'll be on Main Street. You can go to them. They will do personal insurance or business insurance or whatever. And they are always looking for products that help them save time and money. Uh, and so Thimble is, is a product that allows them to very quickly sign up their customers for small business insurance in a way that, you know, we can do it in three questions and the competition can do it in 30 questions. Uh, so it's a big difference in terms of their time, but also the quality of the experience for um, their customers. The other type of partner that we have is somebody like a strategic partner, like an Angie's List. So Angie's List, which owns my builder in the UK, um, has you know hundreds of thousands of professionals on its marketplace that get matched to jobs that get distributed by homeowners. Uh, and so we've integrated that. They've integrated our API so that basically businesses, uh, pros that are going on, can buy our insurance just in a couple of clicks, and the existing pros can buy on a per job basis. Uh, and so, you know, th there's a lot of those type of clients, too, that are now getting to the stage and scale where they think that actually insurance being, you know, offering insurance or allowing insurance to be offered to their pros is a good thing for them and a good thing for their customers. Okay, so moving on to my final question. Uh, do you have any advice for the aspiring entrepreneurs among our listeners? I think that the biggest thing would be, you know, to endure. Uh, you know, it, it may seem like it's easy, you know, sitting here over what I've told you happened over a 15, 20 year period, right? Uh, but it's never easy. 
Uh, not, not at the beginning, not at the middle, and sometimes not even at the end. Uh, it is a very, very challenging, uh, you know, high-risk business that has many, many rewards, right? You get to build an organism from scratch, uh, you know, that can grow to do wonderful things. Um, but at the same time, that's a very, very tough, uh, tough process. So I think the advice would be to endure, to stick with it. If it doesn't work out, don't give up, keep going back, uh, and you'll find something that works for you um, and works for the market. Yeah, that's very insightful. Thank you so much for your time, Jay. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much for having me.